Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up to heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. So welcome, everybody. Um, my name is Ed McGinley, and we're here today interviewing uh, the hosts, Greg the Hammer, Hammings, no one else calls him that but me, but a lot of you be calling him that from now on, and Dave Veal. And we're here today talking about, what are we going to talk about today? Should we just make that up, too? <laughs> that was the best intro that we've had People, in any Boiling Point ever. I think he, that was great. We may we may be losing our ability to do any intros in the future. I think Ed McGinley should be the the intro voice for the Boiling Point. <laughs> so, f- friends, uh, welcome Ed McGinley, our esteemed guest who who drove a long ways to be with us today and i literally <laughs> threw him under the bus and said you're you're starting you're gonna do the intro today so ed, i'm used to starting it you, you are <laughs> a good sport show. my friend you are a good sport <laughs> so ed you uh you know we, you and i go way back um yeah, of do. course way back in the day when you were leading the uh new brunswick uh it council yeah the, the old nbitc that's right right which turned into tech impact that's yes. right we rebranded it yeah um and uh you know you, every, everywhere i see you uh ed you're like the the biggest supporter you're you're you're, you're like the uh i can tell you're a coach uh, you know you, you've got those qualities and you're uh, yeah you, you call me the hammer and i, I you know it, it means a lot that i've got a nickname you've never had one before Come i know on, the Dave. name the Come hammer has, holds a lot of weight with you Ed, so <laughs> yeah that is the story. Well, now it is now and it is. uh cutlass here, cutlass here is um oh, that's that's an old reference yes uh, veal cutlets where yeah. does that come from veal. oh cutlets, cutlets yeah. Yeah. okay veal right. cutlets. <laughs> um you know do, do, you, do you two have a history at all well not Dave? really i mean no. just more of an online kind yeah. of emails back and yeah. forth relate to the podcast you know you've been kind and giving us feedback on different things you're hearing and i think you made some suggestions and stuff so yes yeah, it's, it's a pleasure mm. to have you on i'd love Good to, to hear. i'd love to learn a little more um, you know about well a whole bunch of things. I mean, we got a little bio here, but um, but you know if we kind of go back to Tech Impact and what it previously was and what what mm-hmm. it does in the community, that'd be kind of interesting for me just to learn more about um, as a starting point. Are you guys? Yeah, and okay? especially with sure. how New Brunswick really is like. There's this community of really passionate and resilient entrepreneurs yeah. who are just making it work here. You know and not only just making it work, but actually making global ripples as a result. And uh, Ed, you'd, you would have been connected to all of it. So, yeah, let's just yeah. hand it over to you. Let, 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 give us a little little bit of a background of your experience the last few years. Sure. So, you know, fortunate to have been brought into a lot of this by virtue of the fact that I was leading the tech, in, the old MBITC, which we, brand, we rebranded to become Tech Impact. I, the, the name just made more sense. But there is a vibrant startup community, and a lot of people are associating tech with startup. They're not necessarily the same thing, right? You don't have to be a tech company to become a startup, right? Mm-hmm. But or you don't have to be a startup company to no, be tech. No, but, but generally speaking, there's technology involved. When anytime that you've got a startup, it, it's about a bit of a disruption, right? And technology can oftentimes enable that. And what our group was trying to do was to 
you know, be the advocate. And I say that in a, in a very cautious way, an, an advocate for the tech sector, because it sounds like you're a lobby group, and they were anything but, right? Mm-hmm. You folks would know many of the people that were on the team. When you think of the Dave Grabenses, I'm looking at St. John specifically because you fellows, you live here, right? If you look at Jerry Pond and Jeff Flood and Charlie Harling, Kathy Simpson, who's the new CEO, Dave Alston was part of the team. I know that when I get into this, I always run the risk of leaving somebody out, right? But um, it was definitely not an advocacy group for themselves as much as it was, you know, we want to endorse the adoption of technology in our schools, in our government, in our business, so that everybody can succeed. You know, the, the rising tide floats all boats mentality, right? Mm-hmm. When I took on the role in 2013, I took over from a fellow named Larry Sampson, who was leading the NBITC, great fellow, right? And he didn't mind stirring up the pot. Larry was very good at writing the proper articles, hitting the right nerves, the right buttons, and they started to make some progress. It was working really well, right? Larry had other opportunities that belonged out west, so they found me, and then I came. My style is a little different, and that's why I got to meet all kinds of folks like you, like the Department of Education, like the different businesses around the province, and it was about just pushing the message of technology adoption for everyone. And one of the things that became important and close for all of us was getting it into the schools, right? So you made the trip, Greg, to go to Estonia to film mm-hmm. what it was the Estonians did to bring technology into the schools, and they did a marvelous job, right? Incredible. Uh, if you're looking at jobs for the 21st century, and we're in it now, mm-hmm. we are neck deep into it. Are we fully prepared for it? We're, we're getting there, but not fast enough, right? So part of what our group wanted to do was to push that motion forward. What is it that the community can do to help the Department of Education, both Francophone and Anglophone, uh, to move that needle forward so that our kids, when they're leaving grade 12, aren't now just trying to figure out, so what do I want to do for my career? They're working their way forward towards that. Alston, who is one of our good friends, right, he started the, what did we used to call it? Ed, not EduCode, the Code, the, the code NB code uh, initiative, right? Yep. It gains, gains some traction, but... You had to be careful with your message because a lot of people were thinking that we were saying all of your kids need to go into school and become coders. Mm-hmm. Right. Not necessarily the case, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When you send your kids to school, you don't necessarily want them all to become mathematicians <laughs> and uh, statisticians. But it's, it's exposure. But they need, to be, they need to be familiar with it. And we weren't, really, we weren't doing a good job at getting kids familiar with, well, what is coding? Like, what is it you're trying to build? How do you do it? Yeah. So you know, their starting line is not at the same place as other jurisdictions, right? They're starting behind everybody else. What we wanted to do was to close that gap, or better yet, put them ahead of the gap. Yeah. Because you want them to be able to work from here with the skills they have. We've seen it. We're watching so many companies, big and small, land here because we've got great talent. But wouldn't it be great if we had double that, triple that? Yeah, right? I, so. I, I suppose the um, another reason why we focus on early education so much, like that Code Kids Code film, kids, that's uh, it. And then, which, you know, of course, uh, inspired the creation of Brilliant Labs and right. all this digital government stuff that's happening. Right. Um, but going back to the kids, it's really neat. You, you mentioned David Olson. He also hooked my uh, my daughter, who probably would have been seven years old at the time, with this little robot Kaya? set. Kaya. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Ed. Don't uh, you ever put me up against Kaya ever oh, again. Never. That oh, is yeah. never. Okay. This is a long story. Just as a side, <laughs> as a side we uh, were at a, a conference recently. What, 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 yeah, it what was conference? Innovation Week. Innovation Week, yeah. and Kaya 
was uh, asked to come, you know, speak, and uh, Ed had to follow her uh, presentation. Oh, and that was not not fun at all. And when I walked into the, when I walked into the room, I'm okay with dealing with other celebrities and whatnot, big you know, folks, right? But when you have Kaya sitting there yeah. in between her grandfather and her father, yeah. and they're talking about you know innovation and all the things that Kaya was doing, right? And we're going next. It was a knockout punch. <laughs> I didn't even want to show up for round two. <laughs> oh, just brilliant. So, uh, but David gave uh, Kaya a little gift of these two little robots called Dash and Dot. And um, how it works is with your iPad, it it's coding, but it looks like a cartoon, yeah. and it's all this blocking. You can make these robots do different things. So mm. Kaya doesn't even realize it, but she's learning code. Right. And what that's going to do in her brain as she starts to go through grade, and she's just started grade four, five and six and whatnot, like it's it's going to set her up appropriately. Yep. Uh, for that one reason that developers are developing games and programs and teachers are, are encouraging kids to learn technology and apply it to all different types of curriculum. Well, no, and I think what mm. you guys did a good job of for people like me was, and like, I mean, I remember talking to, to Alston about this, is just, you know, what coding does mm. as in, in, and the importance of it being, a, you know, like part of the curriculum, um, not not to be a coder, but to how, help you, you know, learn, you know, how to fail and how to, you know, and, and, how, yeah. to be, and how, to, how to learn through that failure and, and, and play games that make things work. And, you know, just, it's just almost like this building block. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, I believe what you, you know, part of what started to happen was people started to recognize. And like, so we're having experience to our kids because my son is, and my daughter are using, what's that called? Um, scratch? Scratch. Scratch is awesome. Yeah, yeah. as an example, yeah. right? You know, yeah. so, so, and I'm thinking, I think it's a brilliant idea mm-hmm. uh, to have it as a, as core curriculum. I don't, where are we on that journey? Well, so we've moved a long way since 2013, right? We've, we, the, the department is very progressive, and, and it takes a while to make these changes take effect, right? But uh, they're getting support from the private sector coming in to help, right? Look, I, I will tell you, back in 2014, I pulled a little bit of a white lie. We had, so we're big fans of Brilliant Labs, right? And it was one of the schools in Fredericton. We went in. The principal's very progressive. Uh, it was George Street Middle School. He wanted help bringing the kids in because they had a, a lot of interest amongst the kids. They wanted to know what coding was. So I said, let's bring scratch coding into the room. And I get the mentors. So we had a bunch of companies from around the area and students that said, hey, I'll put my hand up and, and then we'll go. It was a big success in that first year because it's like you had mentioned, Greg, if you make it fun for the kids, it doesn't seem like work, right? right. It's the same thing with trying to teach kids how to skate. If you put the hockey players, young hockey players, try to throw them out there on the ice with a puck and a stick, and there's just too many variables, right? But if you throw a rubber chicken or a soccer ball out there on the ice with them, all of a sudden now it's a game. Right. And they're learning how to stand up, get their stride, build their confidence, they're getting better. They think they're I haven't heard fun. the rubber chicken approach, Dave. Is, oh, that, is that one of your tactics? Do you know what? I saw my, my daughter in softball, they, they were throwing rubber chickens. Yeah. No to way. Get technique. So that's a thing. Yeah. And, no, and I was like, what is this whole about? They had all these rubber chickens. And it was exactly that. And yeah. It was like fun, right? That's and, all and so doing. She, 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 yeah. she developed this, you know, she's, she can really, she can chuck a ball, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're cheating a bit because yeah. we want the kids to do it, but we can't explain to them why because they won't listen to you anyway. But if you make it fun, well, now they're doing it. So it's a win-win. Yeah. But getting back getting back to uh, the Brilliant Labs going into uh, George Street, 
um, we saw how much fun the kids were having building games. So, they're, you know, boys and girls do things differently, right? The, the boys like to build things and watch them explode. The girls like to do things at this age, right? Mm. And, and maybe I'm painting too broad a brush and that might be offending some, but the girls like to make a difference. The boys like to blow stuff up, right? <laughs> I told myself, I made a mental note on the way down that I wouldn't use any foul language in this room, even though it's you're a very so, You're so welcome to. <laughs> no, I won't. I get to do it enough on the weekends, all right? Okay. <laughs> but they, boys just like to blow stuff up, right? You just, so, blow, you just, blow, you just blow that stuff there? I, I almost did, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, I heard it. Holy shit, I'm stuff. lucky. <laughs> I didn't do it. But anyway, we came back the next year and the principal wanted more help because now there were more kids that wanted to get into the class and only as he had limited space. There were 30 seats in there. That, that's a lot of kids, right? Yeah. So you need some mentors to come in and help them. So I went to the Salesforce people and I said, you guys are going to love this so much that you're not even going to need me to come back and ask you to come next year. Well, I was fibbing, right? I just thought, well, this is what will happen. So the whole summer passes by. These mentors had volunteered Loved every minute of it. I didn't realize how much they loved it because fall comes. I reach out to Pierre and I go, hmm, I'll have to go find you your volunteers. So I reach out to the folks at Salesforce. They go, oh, no, Ed, no, don't worry about it. We've already been there for three weeks. <laughs> they, yeah. they took it. They kept they on loved rolling. It they Ed, kept that's on amazing. rolling. Yeah, they, Look at these little impacts, right? It's yeah, incredible. Exactly. That's the impact, right? So they were having fun. Uh, the kids are having fun. But the mentors are having fun. And it became self-sustaining. Oh, man. Right? So, it was, so cool. it was really cool. It was really um, easy. You know, it's it's interesting, too, because you asked, Dave, where are we at now since mm. 2013? Mm. Well, we're embarking on another project right now. Uh, you probably saw uh, Lisa Rablick and I gallivanting over to Dubai. Yes, uh, right. With, with Armand Doucette. And we are doing this project right now. And you can, you can sign up for an email list at themarscollective.org to follow along the story. And what Alston and I were talking about is, you know, five years, so much has happened since we went to Estonia, but not enough, right? Like, yeah. like we, there's so yeah. much more we could be doing, you know, to, to catch up, yeah. you know? So this Mars Collective project is really interesting because we are working under the assumption that if you're entering kindergarten today, that when you graduate in grade 12, there is a chance that we will be developing civilization on Mars. Just picture that as the story. <laughs> Are we teaching our our kids the skills and competencies now yeah, yeah. that will be relevant for that age? Now, whether we are developing on Mars or not is, is an argument we don't even need to get into. It's just the concept. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why the heck not? But so, so we went to Dubai because the whole world is trying to figure this out. And in Dubai, this teacher's education uh, skills forum all the leaders, all the Armand Doucettes, uh, yeah. you know, are, are there. And I say Armand because he's a guy we follow. He's a Riverview uh, uh, teacher yeah, who is teacher. really pushing this agenda. Mm. But what we found out, guys, it's so interesting. Nobody's got the answer. Everybody's scrambling to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And every country has schools and jurisdictions that, with teachers that are passionate, that aren't necessarily being paid to do this, not necessarily being supported to do this, but they're doing it because they're visionary and they are figuring out different skills and competencies yeah. that are required for a very unpredictable future, which is super exciting. And we hope that this project is going to kind of be the 2.0 of that Code Kids thing that really kicked off a lot of really neat impact. Yeah, it did. It's, it's like, you know, if you sit around and wait for the perfect answer, the perfect solution is going to pass you by, right? So you were talking earlier about these teachers that, that aren't being paid to do this or another. The other thing is they haven't been trained to do this, right? right? So they're trained in 
in literacy and numeracy very, very well, but we don't support them well enough to come into the schools to be able to teach technology, which is where that partnership with the community needs to happen when you have private sector firms that, you know, th there's a reward to being involved in this. It's, it's not monetary, right? It's, it's the fun you're having with these kids as you watch them learn and they build and they blow shit up, right? Mm -hmm. It's what's fun. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, I followed that trip that you and Lisa had taken. Uh, th that was interesting. I'm, bo I'm glad both of you came back alive. I, I, that was we, my first Well, concern. here's the thing. It's so funny because... <laughs> no so matter where you would have gone. What I, what I want to figure out, and I'm sure Lisa's listening to this right now, is that <laughs> there was a number of people who were, who were scared she is. for us. <laughs> who were scared for us because they're like, oh, geez, Greg's going to get arrested. No. Uh, oh, he's going to pull the camera out the wrong time. And uh, well, we're never going to see them again. And it's so funny. I was like, do you think I haven't traveled before? I may look like... well. Lisa call, calls me Galumpagus. I may look like a Galumpagus, but I got some street sense. You know what you know? you're doing. What we found <laughs> out there was so interesting is that we, nobody, even the, the brightest leaders in education around the world, they don't have the answers. Hmm. But the people, the brightest leaders in, in education in New Brunswick, they're no less ahead than anybody else. Like, it's so exciting to We're realize. No further behind. That's what I'm going to say. Thank right. you, Ed, for fixing yeah. that for me. Yeah. We have some brilliant minds yeah. in this province in yeah. education who are who are leading this movement. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. And it's really neat. And we didn't even know what we we're gonna talk about coming in here, but you can tell there's some excitement about Oh look, there's so much to talk about. We can I'm just sitting here now thinking that you know poor old Dave's not getting into this conversation at hey, all. Dave. It's just been you well, and you no, and me. no, 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 no. This is I'm 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 happy to listen because I'm trying to catch up and I think yeah. that's part of the challenge, right? But well, ironically, you know, with when uh, Kim pulled together information on you mm. From you, you know you're you're you know kind of representing the the, the tech sector and 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 you know, well I'm not anymore. You were, you were. Kathy yes. is doing that yeah, now. And there's going to be a 2.0 in this conversation. Right. So but, so you were and mm. and but 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 ironically, I was just thinking about how how um, one of your interesting topics is around how to deal with people. There we go. And I that, was wondering and, when we were going to come and, back and, to center. And and, <laughs> and, 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 uh, and I you know this whole idea of like seek to understand and be understood. Yeah. And. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes, I mean, I'm interested in that because, you know, mm -hmm. that's a big part of what I do and, and how I operate. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how that right. showed up and, and what you're learning. Well, I think the question was when you fellows said, hey, there are some spots over here, would you love to come? And of course I would, right? But I think that the, the basic understanding was that we're going to talk about careers and paths and how you wound up where you wound up, Ed, right? So I had shoveled that stuff back to <laughs> and, <Shuttled. laughs> and said, uh, you know, I'd love to talk about that because I remember, you know, I didn't take a straight line path to get to where I am today, right? And I'll bet you, you didn't. I'll bet you, you didn't. And I'll bet you, we go down the street, you talk to most everybody and, you know, they wanted to be over here and they wound up over here. There's, there's a big divide. And yeah. how did that happen, right? Yeah. I, I worry about the people that think that there is a straight route. It'll kill you. I remember, so there was one, two people when I started out in my tech career who said, if you think that when you went through middle school and then through high school and then through university and then started in your career and then it's the marriage thing and it's the children thing and then it's the retirement thing and blah, 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 it never happens as nicely as that. It's like managing a project. You fellows would do it regularly, right? The tech sector does it all the time. The Irvings over here are building this great big building. That you know, there's stuff that come off the rails. How do you bring it back in? But it's about not getting too disappointed when you're trying to navigate your way through all this, right? One of my mentors with the company that I started off with 
more by good luck than by good management back in 96, said, listen, I'm 60 years old and I'm looking to retire and I want you to come and take on my responsibility. But I said to him, I said, I don't think I want to be in your shoes. I don't think that's the role I want. And it was about uh, resource development, right? And he goes, but I never wanted to be here either, right? But I think that you're a good fit for it, right? He said, I was told the same thing. And he said, quite frankly, he said, I can't retire until I find somebody else to do this. And he says, you're going to do it, all right? (laughs) So he was motivated. But it made sense. You you try and pull all of your different skills together to navigate that place where you are on that day, right? Just like you're talking about, you and Lisa traveling around the globe, right? You're gathering a whole bunch of different experiences and you're using it for the things you need to do on this day, right? Mm -hmm. I think that too many kids today, although they're a lot more independent than we were when we were there, right? It is that very linear approach. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And if there's a disappointment on the way, it's like, oh my God, now what do I do, right? You know, the wound has to be healed by whom? Everybody has to come in and hold them and mend them. No, no, no. Use that. That's how you learn, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I navigated into the tech sector, as I said, more by good luck than by good management. Because for me, it was about you know, every, every kid goes through this, you, you want to be a professional what, right? Professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Well, I never made that, right? Uh, you want to be a professional as a doctor or a lawyer. I had gone through all those streams. I wanted to be a phys ed teacher. Nice. Uh, That's where I thought that I really wanted to go, right? And I remember my father saying, well, listen, you, you might be good at that, but why don't you for a second go into the liberal arts and just experiment with things for a little bit. So study economics, good, right? Good for him. And to, to, uh, that's very progressive, eh? Well, it, it, but back, I didn't call it progressive back then. <laughs> what did you call that? <laughs> I called it being nasty. <laughs> You're paying for me to go to university, so I guess I'm going to have to do this, right? But um, I did. I liked it. Right. So and then it was, okay. so now you're going to go to law school. And the door was there. It was open and I was in and I said, that's not what I'm going to do. And I found my way into the uh, hospitality industry. Right. Mm. And that's what I was saying to you guys. I worked at the Hilltop. It was the busiest bar east of Montreal by a long shot. Yes. And I just luckily get in there and I learned how to deal with people. Right. And that was a major shift for me. I got to meet so many different people from so many different walks of life in the daytime and at night. And uh, you become more resilient that way, right? You're not meeting wonderful people all the time. You're meeting more wonderful people than you are the uh, argumentative ones, right? Right, right. But you learn how to balance all that and how to deal with all that, right? And I find that today, that's what's missing. I find that kids today don't have that ability to uh, not necessarily stand up in front of a crowd of 500 or 1,000 people, that takes some time to get used to that. Kaya's okay with it, and she's only in grade seven, right? Because she's got so she's, a dad. She, she's an outlier. <laughs> yeah, well, she's an outlier for darn sure, right? But um, I think that that's one of the things that sets Atlantic Canada apart from other jurisdictions around the world. The, you know, people here want to know who's your grandmother, who's your mother, who's your father, what do you do, where'd you come from, oh, right? Yeah. So you make... You make those bonds, and I find that those that that type of communication. You you said it earlier, David. Is trying to listen and to understand, mm-hmm. and w- what is it that my client needs? And are jumping right into the business part of it. Mm-hmm. If you have an ability to make that connection, mm-hmm. it, you're going to find that your clients are going to trust you faster, quicker, more deeply, and better, and for a longer period of time. And that's a real interesting skill set that we kind of are born with. 
in this culture over here, right? I, I think we are. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we are. Um, and, and it's also interesting to point out that Dave's not from here. He's from the Yukon, which is another small, tight-knit community. Yeah, okay, There's good something point. about rural communities yeah. and that connectedness. Yeah. That yeah. I wonder if that might be part that that might be a strength that we we often overlook. It it might be. I mean, look, I'm I'm not a psychology expert. I'm not a sociologist. You just play one on TV. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've got my white robe on. I play one on TV. Um, I do think that there's something to that. And when you're in the smaller community, you know, put yourself on in Bay Street. Put yourself in some bigger cities or communities where you're you're just a number. You're just a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So you can bounce around and no one ever makes a connection with you. But in the smaller communities where Dave would have come from, where I grew, I grew up in Bathurst, small community, right? When I got there, there were 12,000 people. When I left, there were 18, right? You knew everybody. Yeah. The university I went to, Acadia, small school, you knew everybody. Fredericton and St. John aren't that big and any different. Halifax is the biggest city that we have in Atlantic Canada. But you know what? You walk downtown in Halifax, try not to meet somebody that you do know, right? 500,000 people in that city, right? Do you know, like, so I, being a CFA, come from away, we joke about that. Um, <laughs> I think I find something, and I choose to be here. I've been here for almost 20 years now. Yeah. But I still don't know where the old Sears is in St. John. And you know, all these <laughs> reference points. Yeah. But, so I believe that, um, so my wife's from here originally. My kids are all born here, three kids. You know, I love, I love this province. And, um, and, you know, very aware of some of the challenges that we're we're dealing with mm -hmm. in, in at a provincial level, right? With yeah. the deficit and everything else, and and so so the the great strength I think that is this interconnectedness. But I also feel like at the same time it's a bit of a liability because it's harder. I find, or at least what I'm hearing is it's, it is hard for some people to feel like they can integrate into the community. Oh, have I heard right? that? Yeah, you know what? Right. And and I'm, yeah. I'm and I'm, so I'm dealing with this on a really real like on a really yeah. real level here. So so just above my house is a little corner store. Mm -hmm. um, and they're in the third owner. And it's right now a guy from Hong Kong. His name is Jasper, wonderful guy, learning English. People before him was a Korean family who moved to Toronto. And, you know, and they would, they would, they, you know, basically were saying, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to, to know people in this community. And, and they were, you know, and so I'm thinking, and I remember when I arrived here from Vancouver years and years ago, I was just struck by just how there was, you know, there's a lot of Irish Catholics. <laughs> You know what I mean? In St. John, and there, there wasn't a lot of diversity, you know? Mm. And so that's, that's my concern. You saying there's anything wrong with Irish Catholics? Nothing. Zero. Okay. All right. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I have a lot of respect, but, but, but you know what I mean? Like, I just like to see, I'd like to see, um, I, I just think it's a bit of a challenge that we're dealing with in, in, provincially. Like, the fact that, that you know, and, and I've heard people that, that, would, that would, should fit in, and for all, all sorts of reasons, mm -hmm. feel like it's, you know, it's hard to get, to, you know, at a certain point, you well, know? So a, we're welcoming to a point. I think that's an uh, interesting challenge you, for us you, then as, as a region, right. as any small region. Right? So it's good you bring that up, Dave. I mean, so this is just show one. Let's do, we'll schedule show two after this, yeah, yeah. right? If you talk to Alex McDonald, who leads the Multicultural Association mm -hmm. right now, a great kid, great guy. I shouldn't say kid. I mean. Well, we should get him he, on the podcast. He's 30 years younger than me. I'm going to call him kid. Right? Yeah, you're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, his observations are that, look, we are a very welcoming region, but we only go so far. To a like, point. To a point, right? How many of the immigrant population are you actively going out and bringing over to your home exactly. for dinners, for suppers, and making sure that they feel welcome and they feel involved, they feel included, right? I still think we have some work to, and, and look, I'm included in that, right? The, I, we coached, how did this go? I think it was 
two years ago on my son's soccer team, and I don't know anything about soccer, guys, nothing, right? And I shouldn't be out there coaching, but I'm having fun with the kids. I have someone else there that knows the rules of the game. I'm just there to motivate, right? But we had two younger Syrians on our team, couldn't speak English, right? One of them had an infectious smile, so you get connected to them just because of that physical bit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like Kaya, you know, they're cute, right? (laughs) So you're gravitating towards them. During the hockey draft last year, someone had said, listen, uh, there's this young fellow, um, and I hadn't gone to the assessments to watch everybody was making out. Um, I said, is the young fellow's name so-and-so? And they said, yeah. I said, I'll take him. I said, is he a great big infectious smile? Yeah. I said, okay, I'll take two of them, right? And he came on our team. We did everything we could to make them feel involved in the team, and they loved it. He became a great hockey player. Like he, 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 That's he, so cool, man. No, he really did. There's yeah. a story in the Gleaner, probably February, March of last year, that we had them come and, uh, and, and, and do the copy on. It was really and cool. And learning how to skate that probably for the first time in Canada, right? We, first, he didn't Guaranteed. know what hockey He didn't know what hockey was. <laughs> there can't be any. 12 months ago, no. There can't be any arenas 12 in Syria. months? 12 oh months ago. No, man. actually, Greg, eight months earlier, he, he, like, they had arrived. Like I'm trying to get the timeline straight. I think they wound up here just before soccer season started, and I wound up coaching him in hockey um, less than six months later, right? Cool. He, so he's athletic. There's no question about it. But um, he took to it because people in the community took him to the outdoor rinks whenever school was canceled, right. on the weekends, and they did all of those things, right? the community right? cared. But yeah. they, they cared, right? So they, they, they circled around them. But did enough of us do it? Did I ever have – I had them over for skates in the backyard rink, but nothing more than that. I could do but better. So, right? you know, so this is really interesting, like because there's around a lot of you know Syrian refugees coming here. Mm. It seems like provincially, and my my sense has done a pretty good job of 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 really coordinating and supporting people. Because I, cause yeah. Kim, who who was in touch with you, she's doing with some families. I remember years ago in the '70s, my family and a number of families um, from the church. Uh, helped a Vietnamese family mm-hmm. that's still in the community mm. who owns a whole bunch of businesses, you know, 30, 40 years later. But so, but so I, I think we've done, I, I mean, that's really, that's a great story, right? Mm. But I wonder when the people that just come and they're not part of, you know, like a movement that's happening and they, they arrive and, and, you know, do we have the same ability to support? And I don't know enough about it. I'm just, well, I'm yeah. just speculating because, 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 um, and yeah, could I do a better job? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we all could. And it's you about know? admitting it and recognizing it. But I didn't recognize it until Alex said to me, hey, great. Yeah, we're Atlantic Canadians. We're friendly people, right? We love to have fun. We love to shake your hand. We like to get to know you. Yeah. But we don't have you into our homes. Okay, but here's the difference. And, and here, here's the other yeah. interesting thing. I was up at a MyPi event in Miramichi. It's the Miramichi Young Professionals and Involved Entrepreneurs. They turned 10 years. And they're they're really trying to attract people to the province and and, and uh, um, encourage you know entrepreneurial spirit and all this kind of thing, mm-hmm. and and they had this really you know this really interesting point where a lot of people and I experience this okay so a lot of times you come and say hey welcome welcome you know you know it's nice to have someone from Saint you know come you know are you have you moved here yeah yeah I'm gonna live in St John's why. <laughs> You know how many times I heard that? Why would you come here? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why would you come to the yeah. Miramichi? Oh, I thought oh, no. they're making oh. fun of you moving no, no. to St. John. Would, well, yeah. no, they, no, people would ask me here. St. Yeah. John's would ask me here. Like when I first arrived, why mm. would you come from Vancouver to here? Like yeah. really perplexed. Yeah. Like, re- like, right. I, like, 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 not, 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 not in a yeah. curious not, way, but not, in a like, like, are you well, crazy? Like, That's yeah. the way. Like, yeah. no, but yeah. what, what would, put, and, and I'm thinking, 
are you serious? Look at this place. This is amazing. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I? We don't so, sell it. So I was talking to mm-hmm. these folks in Miramichi and the president of the association, this this group, her boyfriend, I guess, you know, from away. And, and he, she, she was telling me, so now we're 18 years later, everyone's saying, why did you come to Miramichi? And, yeah. I, and so I'm thinking to myself, what is it about, like, why would we undersell ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, as a and province? You know and, and that's, it's a, pro, it's a province-wide issue. And for our, our listeners that have no idea even what New Brunswick is, they can they can relate to this. Every community has a pocket mm-hmm. that has historically been overlooked, and that has been the province of New Brunswick. We are the classic drive-through province. People go PEI because Anna Green Gables and the beaches. People go to Nova Scotia because of the Cabot Trail and everything else that they've got. Right. Mm-hmm. Our assets are just as epic here in New Brunswick. Or more. But growing up, right. we just we see the highway and people going right through. Right. Mm-hmm. So. We were grown up, we're being brought up in this narrative that we are third best, you know, uh, or, you know, that we're fourth or fifth or sixth best, which is not true. It's a myth. The whole thing is a myth. <laughs> but I think it, it, it takes dec- a decade it, to unravel. It's so that. easy to, so easy when you're not, when you cut, when you arrive to, and to say sincerely, here's why I'm here. I mean, this is a pretty freaking good place to start a business and have yeah. all the things we know. And, we don't have to, and as soon as we go on about it, I think we're overselling it to be honest with you. But there is a psychology that exists that really surprised me mm-hmm. still to this day. And, and that's the part where I go, wow, isn't that interesting? Like, you know, I mean, there's just so many aspects. So to hear that same question being asked to someone who's just arrived to the province, probably in his mid-20s, you know, progressive guy, you know, really seemed like quite a neat guy. And he's asked, he's asked the same questions that people were asking me when I came, you know, in 2000. Mm-hmm. We're great storytellers, aren't we? In Atlantic Canada, like if you go to Cape Breton, you go to Newfoundland, come to St. John, go to the western part of the province here, Grand Falls, Edmondson. Great storytellers, but we never tell our own stories, right? And, or and in we a stick way that to old stories that aren't relevant anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. Or narratives. But we don't look in 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 the TJ today. The I, I get the gleaner at home in the Brunswick News today. Uh, Andrew McLean, uh, who is the executive director um, at the Medical, New Brunswick Medical Association, right? They had a meeting on the weekend and they're trying to talk about how do we get more doctors to come here? We've got a great story to tell. And Andrew stood up and told them, he goes, you're not still telling your story well enough. You don't realize what you have here. There are doctors from around the world that would come, the doctors from North America that would come here if you told the story properly. Don't tell a lie. Tell the story properly. Mm-hmm. Tell them what you have here. We're lucky. Like all of us have traveled around the world, right? I knew that when I left New Brunswick in 1982 to go make my fortune in Fort McMurray, that that wasn't where it was going to happen. I wanted to come back home. I had seen Toronto. I have seen BC. We, we just don't sell it well enough, Dave. We don't sell it in the right way. Not in a way that's braggardly, but in a way that's, you know, just sincere. I think you'll do better with it. Mm-hmm. But we don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, one of the things we're going to do is... Um, and same, you know what, and before, because I'll lose my thought. Um, in the tech sector. We've got brilliant talent. We, we mm. are creators to the nth degree. And then we sell it, and it's gone. Yeah. But we've got great people at the universities here, not just in the schools of computer science and engineering. Right. This is not just a tech story. This is about we've got some great minds here, and we don't tell it enough. We just need to get, you know, shows like this will help. We're in trouble if we have to convince, as we say, our own selves, mm-hmm. that we're good. How are you going to convince somebody else outside of a region that you want to come and have a peek at 100%, this? 100%, man. Right? 
Yeah, so. that's it. Well, we're, 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 you know, part of what we're doing is uh, an event that you might want to be part of, Ed, that, um, that, that actually celebrates this region and all the cool things happening and, and sharing with participants to come to this conference day long, how to really have your voice heard in hmm. a noisy market is what we're hmm. talking about. Oh, and there's a process. <laughs> yes. yeah. So yeah. We've, been, we've been going and, and part we decided um, well, it's Greg's. It's Greg's genius. I'll give him to this. Oh, come on, let's, let's, so we're gonna we're filming it. It's gonna be online. It's gonna be a webinar, and um, and I'm giving a little bit of away. Yeah. But but the point is, we want to expose people. We want to do an um, uh, mm. a, an event in St. John proper, and uh, and and bring people here to to uh, to participate. Tell the Atlantic story, right? Totally. Don't don't just tell the St. John or the Fredericton or the Moncton yeah, yeah. or the Bathurst yeah. or the Boys Town story. Tell an Atlantic story, right? Mm -hmm. Greg, remember when John Robertson and I went to a government agency yep. and I said, look, the p because the power of the video storytelling that you fellows had done when you went to Estonia and came back, yeah. was it's very engaging, right? It rivets you. you, you know, you've got, what's the word? You've got seven seconds to get your customer's attention. Right. And how do I do it? It's not by a paragraph, right? right? Now, it's about how do I use the video to scale this, how do I hit more people mm -hmm. and and hit them right on the end of the nose? Yep. And now they're riveted; they want to watch. Um, I don't know why we weren't successful. I just I just don't know why we weren't successful. Well, because in there, there was a constant fight—not a fight, but a, a, a conflict of—is this a New Brunswick regional thing or yes. an Atlantic Canadian yeah, regional? Sorry, thing. I'm right. You're right. Yeah. I'm wrong. You're right. That yeah. that you did jog my memory. That's what it was. But that's why I say you. Make it an Atlantic story. Mm. You know, the, the sum of our parts is far. Amen. How, right? how do we as Atlantic Canadians, yeah. how do our voices be heard in a noisy global market? Yeah. You get a... Tagline. Beat. <laughs> it's, it's the white noise you're trying to get through. Yep. Right? There's so much hum going on over there that you're not getting right to the nub of it, which is, this is New Brunswick. Come on inside, have a peek. Right? This is Atlantic Canada. Come on inside, have a peek. Yep. Uh, well, Ed, I'm in. What's next for you, Ed? As we as we wrap up our well, I'm going back home, and I'm going to get back onto my picture mirror frames. Nice, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, I uh, I'm enjoying life right now, uh, but I am going to start. As I was saying to David Gibbons, I'm starting to get a little bored. Mm -hmm. uh, we got to get out there and find something where you feel like you're adding value back into the community again, not just to little old me and my family and. In little old well, Maryland, right? There's this little boiling point uh, podcast and process that uh, you can help uh, accelerate. So we'll talk about that some other time. Hey, as long as I can be the host. You're a good host. You got the <laughs> voice. Well, no, but, but 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 the host has to has to conclude yeah, you have to and wrap it. it up. Oh, clearly, okay. Clearly you can right. listen to and, and all give, of our episodes. You know how we close takeaways and all that. So are we on time? How much we're time way over time. Left? We're way we we but, went but way over. Great. We did actually, and we're we're late for our next. That's unusual for <laughs> you and me to go long. Do we actually have a next right now? Yeah. Legit. Yeah. You're hilarious. So. Right? So okay. why don't you wrap us up? <laughs> all right. Well, look. Thanks everybody for listening today. This has been a whole lot of fun. Um, I want to thank my two hosts for joining us today, Dave Veal <laughs> and Greg the Hammer Hemmings. The Hammer. And this was just version one. Let's let's have another one uh, real soon and talk about how we make this place better more and tell the more exciting stories about who we are, what we do, and where we want to go. Do we have sponsors we need to? No, I want you to say <laughs> this. I'd say make sure you sign up for the email list at www.bullhamepointpodcast.com. <laughs> okay, ready and go. Okay. <laughs> That's all. I'm going backwards, sir. We just we just scraped that all off. <laughs> Make sure that you visit 
the Boiling Point email at www.boilingpoint.com, and you can find the connectivity to reach out to Dave, to reach out to Greg, to reach out. Well, my name's going to be on there after the show, too. So you can reach out to me, and we'll carry on this conversation. You got that? Ed right. McGinley, it's been awesome Bam. chatting, man. That's Bam. awesome. Thanks, everybody, what, what for listening. What they used to say on the Ed Sullivan Show? Kiss me goodnight, Eddie. Kiss me goodnight, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie, kiss All me right. goodnight, buddy. All right. Thanks, uh, boys. It's been fun. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.